Crimson Sky Media. Hey everybody and welcome to Crimson Sky Media. This is episode 5 and uh, for me it's February the 19th, 2020 and uh, just waking up here. I'm a little bit later on this episode. I wanted to thank everybody for waiting on it. Uh, basically what happened was I got essentially deathly ill. I was bedridden um, post-Sunday up until now. Uh, so basically Sunday night all through till this morning. Uh, just sweating like a Christmas ham. Um, I had a high fever and my throat's a little iffy. The fever is reduced a little bit, so that's good. Uh, it's still kind of there, but the big thing is the throat. So if there's some kind of cuts and some jarring sort of changes in the, the, the conversation in terms of my, my voice, it's because I've gone away from the mic for a second and coughed. So I'm not going to put that in there. I'll probably just kind of cut those out. Um, Usually the podcast is pretty raw. I mean, the only things that I'll cut out are like residual effects if it doesn't cut into conversation like bangs or uh, noises that may otherwise be a little bit distracting or, you know, annoying to hear. Uh, It breaks the flow, so I'll just kind of take those out and nitpick them a little bit. Uh, However, if it happens while I'm in the middle of talking, you know, you just roll the punches, so... Uh, anyway, in regards of the uh, podcast, I'm, it was killing me not to do it, so I was able to crawl myself through my apartment to my computer and get back on the microphone to record the episode. So thank you for being so patient. But in regards of that uh, news that we wanted to talk about here, not too much has actually happened, but some interesting stuff, of course. And uh, one of the things that I always start out with here is essentially just what I've been playing Uh, And because I've been so sick and uh, busy with things, it's hard to find time to sink your teeth and do different games. Um, I played a little bit of Red Dead Redemption 2. I kind of really dropped off on that just because of all the other stuff going on, which is really a shame because I think Red Dead Online has really found its place and they're really kind of like fine-tuning a lot of the elements of the the meta, you know, and the gameplay. So it's, it's a really fun game to kind of just relax to after a long day of work. It's just nice to be in that world and do things and I don't know Rockstar is really great at crafting worlds and I think that they peaked with Red Dead Redemption 2 technically and also you know conceptually just the setting and characters and and everything it's just it's really great Uh, but other than that uh, I kind of dip my toes into VR again and uh, continue to try to go through Boneworks and uh, I tried the LA Noir um the case files, VR case files, which is just absolutely god-awful. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody uh, new to VR or experienced because Rockstar with that, they essentially, it wasn't even a ground-up sort of thing. They just ported it and Ellie Noir already had quite a few issues um, playing on PC. So now it's just a little bit worse. And, and to run, to give you an ex- example, to run in Ellie Noir VR case files, you have to... Um, you have to shake your hands up and down like you're actually running, but you're doing it in place and you're running really slow in the game. So uh, it just gives you a headache. It just, it's just a big pain. Uh, so I would not recommend that as much as I love Ellie Noir. Um, but yeah, that's, that's essentially it. Uh, when I first got sick and um, I, was, I wasn't really feeling too hot, I, uh, I, I like to, my brain goes back to like nostalgia games. And what I did was uh, just kind of launched up Crisis, which 
I have the Steam version of Crisis, and there's a few issues with that, but you can you can mostly iron them out by turning on VSync, and then also just um, if you look it up online, usually, well, there's always going to be a, a forum that has a specific type of file. It's essentially the same file that the Origin version has, which is the correct file. EA just didn't update it on Steam because it's more of an incentive to buy it on Origin, which is owned by EA. Um, but it, all you do is just drag and drop over into the files of the Steam folder, the um, files that the person posts on the forum. And it's just like that. It, it works, basically. You just have to, again, turn on VSync, and uh, it'll take care of the rest. The performance is fine. It stays around 50, 60 frames with it on, and uh, it only drops to, like, 40-ish during really intense moments or just moments where the game just isn't really optimized too hot. But... Um, it's it's really good. I like going back to these games. Uh, I'm downloading Rage right now on Steam, and I kind of visit that game every so often. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I think it was 2011 that Rage came out, the first one, and I was really excited about it because um, basically uh, it was kind of like what I envisioned to be like a Mad Max open world game. You know, it's like post-apocalyptic. The world's run by uh, these insane people that are kind of like the the visual style is kind of inspired by like metal music, you know. And uh, the the big thing the world is a uh, no pun intended. It's driven by these like death races uh, where people race with these combat vehicles and stuff, and it's really cool. I really liked it. There's not a whole lot of depth in terms of the uh, the narrative. I think it's really bland, but I think it's pretty. At the time, it was 60 frames and super gorgeous on consoles. Um, they tried to do the sequel. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't heard of it. I'm pretty sure that came out in 2019, but that's just how forgettable it was. Uh, and it was just... They tried to go from what I described as like a Mad Max setting to more of a poppy, punky, very colorful, superpowers sort of thing. And um, they tried to embrace the silly, the stupid... Uh, and be whimsical about it, and it just looked ridiculous. Um, I didn't try it because of that, and a lot of people, when it did come out, just mediocre all across the board, so I'm happy I didn't necessarily go for it, but uh, it's worth the first one a shot, and if anything, it's a good case study for, you know, the engine that they were using and kind of what ID was doing at the time, because I still think that they're very influential in gaming, and ID has obviously a really good track record, so... Um, Yep, so that's essentially what I've been playing. Uh, I did want to also talk about, because this has been taking up a lot of my time, I usually stick to video games, and that's generally what I do. Uh, but I also like to occasionally just drip in some movies or television, and I don't know if you guys have Netflix, more than likely a large portion of people who listen to this do, which is a small portion of people. But <laughs> if you if you do happen to have it, um, watch BoJack Horseman. And the re I know this is like, you're going to, if you've seen it, you're immediately going to think that I'm suggesting like a comedy. Um, so it, it recently aired its last season, or at least the last half of it. They split it up between December of 2019 and then February of this year. And um, if, if you watch it, uh, you'll find that the first pilot and then the, the season and everything is very campy and it's very family guy-y in some ways you know how like family guy will do the flashback joke and then it'll jump back and there's going to be like a oh remember that time when i did this and i'll show like a one minute joke of that thing happening uh, and there's a lot of like 
funky sounds and stuff and it's supposed to be like high energy to to reel people in uh, as you go through with the season though i tell you please don't let go um it just give it a shot because as the season goes forward and the writers get a feel for what they want to do and what they're actually trying to do with the characters they realize kind of the actors that they have on hand the art style um the opportunity that they have with the characters to tell something very serious uh, and it becomes more of like a dramedy uh, like a psychological dramedy in some cases and it's really good uh, if you can make it through season one and i'm telling you after season one you you're pretty much going to know if you want to watch the rest of the show or not uh, then i'm telling you it just gets better um it's essentially long story short because i'm not going to go into the whole show but it's just about like this guy who was in this uh, Full House style show. I mean, the show that he was in was it's literally a fictional take on exactly Full House. Uh, and kind of the struggles he had to do to get into that. The behind the scenes of how that show was going. And more so, like 90% of the show is the, the aftermath. When he's 50, that time is gone. He's living in the modern day. And just all the crap that goes along with being a terrible person and self-loathing so really good show uh definitely would recommend it and that's the reason i say this is because that's been taking up all of my time um i watched it on a whim one night in like 2016 uh and it was like late at night i was super tired and i wanted to watch something stupid uh and i watched it and i kind of just kept sticking with it and then there was a moment you know like it's it's all fun and games in the show and it's all funny until like suddenly the piano strikes and all the other sounds stop and the character begins to talk and the camera slowly zooms in and they talk about life and how even though they don't have a choice in certain things like they want to run away from it and they're not running away from something they're running away from nothing because they think that there's nothing inside of themselves and that's the hardest thing to face you know and like there's stuff like that that happens and then you'll just sit back and go god I'm watching right now, um, but it's it's good. It's almost like sadistic. You just want more of it, uh, and it just keeps getting better. And they understand what they want to do more and more. And yeah, so not many shows know what they want, and uh, not many stop when they need to. And BoJack did about five seasons, so definitely would recommend it. Uh, so anyway, back into the gaming news here. Um, just essentially what's been going on. Like I said, not too much has actually been happening, um, but. Half-Life Alex. I remember if you've listened to the last episode, um, I pretty much guaranteed it was going to get delayed because that's, I mean, I think everybody kind of assumed it would be. Valve was super quiet about it and it comes out and, well, March is literally like a week or two away and all we knew was March. Um, no other gameplay or anything. Well, it turns out, uh, I was talking to my little brother about it and he asked me, you know, about getting Half-Life Alex and stuff and I said, well, I'm not going to pre-purchase it because I anticipate it to be delayed. And, you know, if they announce a launch date, uh, then I will pre-purchase it in March because that's it's clear that that's probably when they're going to release it um, unless they delay it. You know, it's not over till the fat lady sings unless they delay it like a week before, but that's not going to happen. I don't think it is. Never say never, though, because I was wrong about the delay. Um, so it's March 23rd of 2020, and I, uh, I literally the next morning when I talked to him about this, my little brother they had announced that date and it's just like speak of the devil uh i i definitely am going to get it now um, they also released quite a few screenshots i think there's like three or four uh, very pretty screenshots and um it just makes me look at them and think like wow you know this is what we've been missing you know this is this is what 
we could have had all these years is these really high high res good textures and, and animations and environments and these like new looking combine soldiers and stuff and it's really neat it definitely tickles my fancy um i i'm so interested in it though because i i want half-life alex to be a good half-life game i don't want it to be niche i don't want it to be following a trend of vr and um well the trend that they set i guess but uh i just i'm really hopeful and that's a bad thing because i still think that it would be better off just using traditional controls um so even if Half-Life Alex is phenomenal, I still hope that they follow up with a, another Half-Life that's traditional controls, but we will see, right? Um, they talked about some other things like Left 4 Dead and Portal and stuff, these little rumors that kind of drop all the time. I wouldn't trust any rumors, but uh, um, I would say if anything, we should probably, probably just get a new game altogether. Um, as much as I love Left 4 Dead, I think that they've peaked and understood exactly what they need to do with it, and Portal the same way. Um, I think the only games that kind of can keep going is Counter-Strike, and I think another Team Fortress would be great. Left 4 Dead is, uh, the concept is the same. I mean, you can improve on it, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure a lot of people would like a new Left 4 Dead. I don't think I would be too, as excited as I would a new Half-Life or just a new game altogether. Uh, and nothing like Artifact, which is like a card game that they did, which was miserable. It, it flopped completely, uh, but something, I don't know, more along the lines of like their AAA releases, like Portal, Half-Life, um, uh, Left 4 Dead, things like that. I think those are the big hitters. We need something new. Uh, that kind of leads into the next thing, which is the Index, the Valve Index, which is their premier virtual reality system. It's probably the best one that you can get on the market. As I described, it's the most expensive one, but it's clearly the best in terms of specs and what it's capable of. Uh, still sold out all across the globe. Um, it, you'd be hard pressed to get a Valve Index headset. And even when they come out again, I guarantee you, because it's been so long since they've restocked, it's gonna sell out immediately. Uh, so if you, if you really want the, the Valve Index, you better have the money now because I guarantee you they're gonna restock it at least once before March 23rd, uh, and it's gonna go fast. Um, so with that being said, a lot of people are kind of discouraged and there's a little bit of miscommunication because they think that they need it to play Half-Life Alex or it's the only way to play it. Look, Oculus has a lot of good headsets. You can even play it with Microsoft mixed reality headsets, which are, I wouldn't recommend it, but you know, they're there if you want them. They do the job. Um, you can play Half-Life Alex with basically anything, and that was an in, that was an intentional decision by Valve. Um, the reason they did that is because they want it to be a VR game. They want it to be accessible across all of VR. And so I have the Oculus Rift S. Look, it's like four hundred dollars. Okay, um, if you have the Oculus Quest, you can get that too, and then get the the Oculus Link. It just connects to your computer, basically turns it into a, a Rift, and um, you could play. Half-Life Alex with these things. Uh, the Rift S is based off of your computer's power. So if you're not gonna get an Index uh, or Vive, I would probably recommend uh, getting the Rift S. It's the best um, value you can get uh, for what it pumps out, which is pretty impressive stuff. The controllers are really cozy and comfortable. Um, if you like the Xbox One controller, it's basically that in a VR controller form. 
And uh, if you have a good PC, which by the way, my PC is like, I would, I would say it's probably just like mid-range plus. It's not a high-end PC. Um, I have a 5700, an AMD 5700, and uh, a Ryzen 5, and 16 gigs of RAM. And it still does really well with VR. And uh, like Red Dead Redemption 2, for example, it's like all high settings with a couple of them tuned down to medium or high instead of very high. Uh, so it's basically as high as you can go without maxing it out in 4K. Um, and it gets like 90 frames consistently, never really drops. So I mean, VR isn't as demanding as it used to be in terms of what's commonly available. Uh, so it's totally worth it. And uh, if you find yourself uh, struggling between um, kind of what you need to get because there's too many options, uh, definitely just, you know, reel it back a little bit. And no matter what you get, it's still VR, right? It's still going to do the job. Um, as long as you don't get like a Samsung VR for your phone or anything, uh, just do your research. It'll uh, it'll definitely pay off. Um, so anyway, the next thing here I wanted to talk about is Xbox and the lack of exclusivity with next uh, console generation. So what Xbox is trying to do is turn gaming into more of a, an open market, which is a good thing. Um, they, they want basically people to know that with the next Xbox, they're not required to have an Xbox to play whatever games they release. I don't think they're going to come out on PlayStation. But what they're trying to do is just say, hey, you can get it on PC, you can get it on Xbox, whatever. Um, they I think at one point they even like were in talks with Nintendo about putting the Game Pass on the Switch so you can play Xbox games on the Switch or just anything that's on the Game Pass uh, and that's a really healthy and a very good thing. And the reason why is because you want gaming to be as long-lasting as possible, right? Um, for example, with something like Jack and Daxter on the PS2, um, or like Crash Bandicoot on the PS1, whatever. Uh, these are games that you would, besides the remasters, which is a whole other argument, um, you would never be able to play that game in its original format. Um, on anything else besides a PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 1 disc, and they don't manufacture PlayStation 1s all the time. Um, in fact, they don't ever now. And it's not something that's, I guess you could say, sustainable for the future of video games because I can, you know, I can find, uh, which is more common in movies, I could find like, um, what would it be, like 12 Angry Men or something, right? And I can watch that. Uh, on Blu-ray or online or something, and that movie's probably not going anywhere uh, for a long time. Uh, whereas there's just certain games that come out that are lost in time forever. Uh, Bioshock released on the iOS system, and try to find Bioshock iOS. <laughs> it's, it's, it's impossible, and that version of the game is just going to be lost in eternity. Um, so you don't want that to happen, and Xbox is doing that for that reason because it's consumer-friendly and it's also beneficial to the medium of keeping games alive, you know, as long as they can. Uh, Sony is a little bit... Um, now, people really love Sony. I think that people don't love Sony. They love their PlayStation and they love the games that Sony provides. Sony's a good company in that regard, but they're very Sony-first. And, you know, that's fine. You know, they're a business, but... It is kind of a damper sometimes because um, a lot of games that are come out uh, that have come out, sorry, for the PlayStation Four are never going to be available for anything else. Um, I think that as time goes on, they're slowly moving away from 
exclusivity and they're doing like timed exclusive sort of things and uh, kind of like Xbox bringing it to PC um, like the rumors of Horizon Zero Dawn might be coming to PC Detroit Become Human and Heavy Rain um, have already come to PC um, so there's stuff like that that's really neat uh, but I think with the PlayStation 5 games like Last of Us Part 2 um, obviously they're going to make a God of War 2 uh, those are going to be PlayStation 5 exclusives you're not going to be able to play it anywhere else and if you can it's going to be years down the road and maybe and on PC. Um, so I think that that should go. You know, um, if you have a console and you're buying games on console, it's because you don't have the money for a PC um, or you don't have a PC or it's just convenient for you. Uh, so it's not going to really change anything if you put the games on PC as well. Uh, you're still going to make the money. Um, but Sony sees it as a loss of the purchase of the console. But I'm telling you right now, um, even me with a PC, I still get the newest consoles because, you know, it's I'm just really into video games, but a lot of people still would. And, and get this, it's true, is a lot of people still use it for things like Netflix and Hulu and YouTube. I know it's really hard to believe, but that's honestly what people use their consoles the most for. Um, so yeah, I think that that's a good move by Xbox. I hope everyone else follows suit. Nintendo is, I don't know. I don't know about Nintendo. When they when they released their games on iOS, everyone was like, oh, yes. But I think Nintendo should be more of a, a brand. You know, they can make their Switch and everything, but they should be more of a, like a publisher for games than they should be a, a console manufacturer because their consoles aren't like, like the Switch anyway, necessarily the best in terms of power uh, and technical achievement. I think that on the go, it's basically like a, a high-end tablet. But I just don't, I don't think that that's, that's really good for everyone else, you know, for, for Nintendo people, that's good, that's fine. But wouldn't it be neat, I don't know, wouldn't it be neat to play something like uh, Legend of Zelda or, I don't know, Super Mario Odyssey on your PC? Wouldn't that be something? Alrighty, so the next part uh, I wanted to talk about was uh, essentially a... Um, the voice messages um, that I've been kind of talking about. Uh, so I know that the the excuse me the podcast is still kind of a little in its, its premature days here, but yeah, I'm happy I got a voice message. So what I'm going to do here is I'm I'm going to go ahead and play it, and then I'm going to uh, jump back, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it and everything here. So uh, just bear with me here. I'm just going to go ahead and stop this one here. And then you'll hear the message. Kenny. Hey, man, we don't know each other uh, personally, but I just wanted to stop by, let you know that I've listened to every episode of the podcast so far, and I love it, man. Um, so thank you. Thanks for doing this every week. It's just cool to hear your take on the gaming news and games and, and all the all the shit with it, because I love video games, man. They're fucking awesome. Um one of my problems, though, is backlog. I've got this gnarly backlog because I think I'm just a victim of good marketing, and I buy a bunch of games, and I never finish them. So I was wondering what your take is on that. Like, have you ever had to deal with that? Um, how do I get all these games done and over with? You know, I don't know how to stick to one. I just want to play them all. So I was just curious on your take. Uh, thanks again, man, for doing the podcast. I love it. Uh, hear from you soon. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for the voice message. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, well, definitely want to say thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, it means a lot to hear that you've been enjoying it and listening to it weekly. Um, 
I do this completely on my own terms in the, in the way that um, you know I try to satisfy the weekly schedule and I try to stay on subject and give it the most quality that you can um, you know being in the position that I am with the, the means that I have to do it um, things about podcasts is that you want to stay consistent and you want to be honest and just be yourself I think that one of the reasons why I love doing it each week is because it's it's talking to everybody about things that I care about, but it's also just kind of like talking to myself about these things that I've been thinking and the fact that people want to hear that and listen to it and it resonates with people uh, is a big deal for me. Um, you know, it, it's something that I think about a lot and I think that that's really important. Um, you'd be surprised a lot of people, um, you know, when they think about podcasts and everything, um, like myself even, like first time I did it, super nervous and sweaty and my voice was jumping all over the place and I was super kind of scared, really. But uh, then you just kind of realize that all you have to do is just speak your mind and, like I said, just be honest about it and the rest will come to you. You know, your your audience kind of finds its own niche and its own way and the flow and uh, it's really good for you. Um, so, yeah, definitely appreciate you, you tuning in. To answer your question about backlog, because that's a thing that I think a lot of people struggle with, including myself. I have, I, have, I think, 260 games on Steam, and uh, it's really unhealthy. Uh, just to give you an idea, I haven't played, like, half of them, but I try uh, my best. But the thing is, is that, especially on PC, when games are on sale all the time, uh, or even just outright free, you know, you can't not get the game because logically even if you don't play it if at any point you want the game you'll have it to play so in your library so anyway when you find yourself with all of these games it's hard to struggle because there's so many good games to play uh make a make a schedule for yourself you know um don't don't be scared to let other games that you really want to play or try um kind of hang out there for a little bit and just uh kind of stick to one game and uh, do what you do when you find yourself working a lot and you have other responsibilities like if you're married or in a relationship or have kids uh, or you know there's just so much going on in your life that it's hard to find time to sink your teeth into certain games because some games are a lot more demanding than others you can't just plug and play for an hour sometimes it's like an investment and if you're in the middle of something it takes like 30 minutes to finish it and you can't just stop then because it would waste the hour and a half that you've already been playing um, look Here's the thing about games, okay, is that um, even though I, I look at them as a medium and something that you should experience sitting down and kind of investing in, um, there's a lot of games where you don't have to do that, and even the games that you do don't feel like you're required to. You know, it's it's an escape. It's a leisure that we are blessed to have, and I think that it's not something that you should look at as work um, or look at something like you need to finish those games. Just play what you want to play when you have the time to play it, and uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You'll find yourself enjoying games that you haven't played uh, as frequently uh, if you wait on them. And if you stick with the game and finish it, it's that sense of like uh, accomplishment that you're able to stick with it and get it done. And even if you didn't quite like it as much, you know that you've gotten through it and beaten it. Uh, so just kind of go through your catalog there, and uh, if there's a game that you haven't played that you're kind of interested in, then, you know, Try to go through it, and if you don't like it, and you stop an hour of the way through, and you just don't want to play it again, that's fine as well. You gave it a shot, and that's all that matters, and um, 
yeah, there's no there's no obligation, and don't feel like there is an obligation to play and beat every single game that you have. Um, essentially, there's this philosophy, right, where uh, if you go to a like fast food joint or a restaurant, and well, I guess it's more of like a theory, sort of. But if you go to a, a restaurant and there's more than I think like five or six options, um, then your brain starts to panic because it doesn't know what it wants because there's too many options to have. Uh, so you'll find the most successful fast food restaurants are places like In-N-Out, Chick-fil-A. Um, in Arizona, we have this place called Raising Cane's. It's like a chicken joint. All they serve is chicken fingers and fries and stuff. Uh, and they're really, really successful. Uh, and the reason why is it's not like when you go to a place like KFC or something or, uh, you know, Culver's, which is also all right. Um where there's just tons of just these different options, different sides, different drinks, shakes, smoothies. Um, it's almost too much. And you don't really know what you want. And what's worse is that the people inside cooking, right? Um, it's on a deeper level about fast food. This isn't included in the metaphor. But then they have too many things to make. And it's usually made at a lower quality because they sit there. Um, so think of it like that, right? At the end of the day, even though there's all these different options... Uh, these great and sometimes not so great and at times often terrible experiences that you may have in your catalog um, just take it one step at a time and there's nothing wrong with a nice old good old-fashioned cheeseburger okay even though there's a thousand other things on the menu if you're a fan of that cheeseburger and you're not really in the mood to try anything else don't feel bad for just getting that one item over and over again okay um, because that's what it's all about video games are about fun they're about relieving stress. They're about um, experiencing a story, even if you're making one on your own. Uh, and if that's what you're doing when you're playing it and you're not tr playing 10 games a week, that's totally okay. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate the voice message a lot. And I look forward to, uh, you know, future episodes and everything where I get to answer these things. That's one of my favorite things because keep in mind, I'm, I'm mostly just talking about my thoughts and and everything else and kind of what's going on. I try to talk about the news and some of my takes on that, but I really appreciate when people send in their thoughts because I'm kind of a conversationalist. I just love to talk to people about anything really. Uh, and that's, uh, that's uh, it's a big deal for me. Um, when I got sick recently, it was kind of a metamorphosis. I think that in life, uh, we like to uh, go through these series of uh, changes, right? These, uh, these rebirths and they come unexpectedly and inconsistently uh, and recently when I got really sick uh, you know with a high fever and everything you're going to be kind of delusional in a way um, but I think that it's a lot more than that I don't know if it's spiritual but my like, like let's say for example just in comparison right my supervisor at work he got a um he, he had, was in a relationship for two years uh, with this woman that he really cared about. And I mean, he really cared about her. He had like a mug with like photos. He had this little tablet on his desk with photos and everything. And, you know, he'd always talk about her like Kelly, Kelly this and Kelly that. And, you know, it's, it's definitely really nice um, to hear that he was happy and everything. But then they, when they broke it off, uh, she just happened to break it off with him. And it just happened to be directly after uh, he got out of surgery and um, he was on this little scooter because the surgery was on his uh, his ankle and so he was just in, in a really terrible place and um, 
you know, it's hard not to look at that and see that as a rebirth of some sort. You know, life just has a way of, when you're down, kicking you, and you can look at it like you can stay down there and things are going to be miserable, or you can see it as a valley that will soon rise to another peak. And that's what life is. It's a series of peaks and valleys, and love and happiness is, as well, um, as an extension of that, a series of trial and error. And you'll find yourself um, kind of going through a lot of trials and a lot of errors. Um, but the point of that is, is that you can't um, have that happiness without suffering through something first. And understanding what you need to sacrifice uh, on a level of yourself to achieve it. Things don't just fall in your lap. And when they do, and you handle it wrong the first time, it's okay. Because that's the point, right? You don't just know things. Things are learned through error. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was really interesting. And of course it happened around the time that I got deathly ill. I don't really get sick too often, honestly. I mean, like I'll get like food poisoning or I'll feel really bad sometimes. Uh, but on this level, um, where essentially you, you're sitting in bed and you're just like having all of these very strange dreams and you're sweating like I said like a Christmas ham uh, it's just ooh Nelly um, series of peaks and valleys and uh, you know this is one of those valleys and you always come out of feeling sick a million times better um, I know I'm going to go off topic here for a moment this isn't about video games but um, it's I don't know maybe you'll find it interesting uh, when I was a kid when I was 11, um, I got really sick one time, and I was just taking hot baths after hot bath. Um, it was just nonstop. I was home alone all the time, and uh, I don't know if it was summer or something, but I, I don't think I was going to school at the time. And I remember one day, I came out of the bath, and I lied down on the bed under the fan, and as my body cooled under the fan, it felt like all of this heat and this was just melting out of my skin, um, like a leak at the bottom of my toes. It was just escaping me. And I remember when I sat up from that, I don't know how long it must have been. I may have laid there for like um, 20, 25 minutes and I wasn't sleeping. I was fully coherent. I was just staring at that fan. Uh, when I sat up and I felt my fingertips, like my index to my thumb, it just felt like touch had a whole entire new meaning to it. And not in a deep way as in a, a positive way or a negative way. It was just entirely different in a totally indescribable fashion. Everything felt less solid than it was before. Everything felt softer and less real. And I've never been able to let go of that thought and that feeling. And from that illness, every time um, I think about like life and existentialism and touch and what's real, I think about that time that I got sick. And I realized that a lot of things are just based on perspective. And when you get sick or you go through these great trials, that it's a rebirth. And, you know that's a good thing. The fact that you're going through change and a metamorphosis is good. You'll have people in your life that'll say things like never change or stay who you are for the rest of your life. 
Um, that's stupid. Don't listen to people that say that because you're going to go through change. And even though your core principles and things that make up your character will stay true to who they are for the most part, um, it's okay to try to live life differently and to let go of certain things because you're not abandoning them. You're just moving on. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's I'll, I'll go ahead and wrap things up on there. Uh, not too much has happened, so um, it's not going to be as long as an episode as usual. I think I still got it to around 30 to 40 minutes-ish, uh, so that's definitely positive. I'm just really happy that I was able to get back on uh, and do this. There's a couple coughs in there that I'm editing out, but um, yeah, so uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this, thanks again. Uh, I'll, I'll still try to hit Monday. The reason why I say each week is because I know that sometimes something like this might happen, and I don't want the expectation to be that it's going to be every week. But that's what I shoot for all the time. And if it doesn't hit Monday, um, I'm going to try my darndest and see if I can get it in as soon as possible afterwards. So this is going to be Wednesday. I'm going to publish this right away uh, as soon as I can. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll try to follow it up. This weekend I'm not working. Last weekend I was also working too. So that with being sick just kind of created this hurricane. Um, but it won't uh, this upcoming week. And what's really exciting is also Better Call Saul starts uh, in just about four days. So that's going to be really exciting too to, to talk about. Hopefully um, I can go over that with you guys. And uh, I don't know if you're big television fans, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, but they're really good shows. Uh, more than anything, I'd probably leave this on a note of, hey, if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, uh, watch that and then watch Better Call Saul and then thank me later. Uh, so thanks again. I'll catch you guys next week and uh, adios.